Yo, it's Nick Ruiz, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur. I came up once from scratch in my late teens, built over a million dollar net worth. The 2008 crash forced me into bankruptcy. Then I bounced back quickly again after bankruptcy. This is success from scratch. We talk entrepreneurship here, money, financial literacy, business building, psychological and chess player warfare, real estate entrepreneurship, economic evolution, the laws of it, survival of the fittest, sales and persuasion, anything success. This is success from scratch for you. Okay, guys, success from scratch show. We are back where we talk money, success, sales, entrepreneurship, real estate entrepreneurship, hustle, making things happen. That's what we talk about here. Vidal, you with me? Absolutely, man. I was thinking of some alpha type stuff too, right? We talk about like alpha. Yes. Yes. This show is sponsored by alphahomeflipping.com. Alphahomeflipping.com. I show you how to get into success from scratch as a real estate entrepreneur. Remember, in real estate, I love the business because you don't need to think of anything. You don't need to think of a product. Think of a service. Think of all these things. Set up a uh, big budget for this and that and cross your fingers and hope the world buys it from you. Real estate already exists. It's the best way to start as an entrepreneur, especially if you don't have a killer idea in place that's already proven. The idea is there. Real estate's there. Okay? Um, So that's the sponsor of the show, Alpha Home Flipping. In the meantime, we kind of talked roughly and uh, riffed last time about I had a card game, right? Yeah. You wanted me to bring this up. A couple people said, hey, tell us about the card game. And then you were like, dude, they want to hear that, right? Yeah, we need to share that, dude. What are you doing over there? Fucking around for a second, checking something. So anyways, um, yeah, this was, uh, I'm going to say 15 years ago, maybe? Damn, time flies, dude. Holy. 15, so, okay. So 14, 15 years ago? 15 years I was ago. in my early 20s. Early 20s. Early 20s. And, uh, yeah, I ran a Hold'em game. Texas style. Yeah, Texas Hold'em. No limit yeah, Hold'em. A lot of fun. Um, and we, it was it was really cool. We me, uh, me, I ended up partnering with a dude who thought a lot like me. And we're like, dude, we can kind of kill it with some side money here. And I was like, yeah. And plus, it was fun. We we loved I, poker's cool. Oh, Texas Hold'em is I a fun love game. Poker, dude. Back, so it was a, yeah, yeah. Just on a side note, dude. Back when poker first came out, I was a huge fan. You remember Chris Moneymaker? All that. I, all yeah, that. I watched ESPN. all that. Yeah, I was oh, so dude, intrigued. Fun. I, I would sit there in front of the computer. Yeah. That's when freaking AOL.com was like dominating, and, and we had dial-up. Remember those days? <laughs> yes, I, I would say dial-up was a little pre that, but yeah, like PokerStars.net, yeah. you know, Party Poker Online and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, it was a very popular thing, and we saw the demand for it. I guess that's you know we're talking. I want to give you value and kind of roll into. Right. I want to roll into uh, you know how this relates to you know modern day you know legit above board businesses because you know it's not necessarily totally legit to run a card game <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but you, it was fun you know what i reckon everybody was obsessed with holding i was like i'm gonna run a game and at the time the casino in town did not have a poker room now they do and that kind of busted us up that's how it ended but uh they did not have a game so we you know we saw heavy demand everyone on play cards i mean people were hounding trying to find card games so we had two custom tables built yeah custom holding tables put them in this joint it was the back room of a bar killer it was a bar that wasn't in business but it was stocked with some beer we bought the liquor we had brought in homemade food for everybody mm-hmm. played played sinatra bobby darren dude it old was school feel 
Oh, man. We had it going on. You had the light on point, the lighting? Bro, everything. We were, we were like, um, if you've seen the movie like A Bronx Tale, which is one of my favorite movies by far, that right. back room with the gambling. You, just, you walked in and felt good. Like beautiful food, beautiful drinks, okay, beautiful music. You just felt really freaking cool and fun. It was just so, even if you lost Sounds 500 like bucks or 1,000 bucks, you felt good. That's, what, that's the vibe we wanted. Did okay? you guys have a, like a velvet rope too? No, none, none <laughs> of that. So two tables. We did delegation. We hired dealers. Yeah. You know, paid them. Uh, they got, actually, they made uh, pretty much all tips, you know. So it kind of it was a win-win. So we took a $4 rake out of the pot, and uh, which means you take $4 out of every hand. We had big games. We had small games. We wanted to cater to everybody. It's fun to have a big game with, you know, $10,000 in the pot at any given time, but 20000 whatever it is. But the small games attract more people, so we had a little bit of both. You know, we just flew with it, man. It was fun. A lot of fun. We had every, it was just a full-blown setup, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I truly, like, think back, and I get goosebumps how fun that time was. Seriously. Sounds like it was very intimate, and then... We were BSing with people. We had people. Yeah. We had, you know, nightclub owners. We had accountants. Attorneys would come in. Like, it was just a fun game. People trusted us. Like, we hooked people, and we made them feel so beautiful and so welcome. We just, it was, it was golden. So, so okay. let's see, share, share a little bit of it. What were you asking me, Vidal? Sorry, we got interrupted by a quick phone call. Yeah, getting back in that chain of thought. I was going to ask you, show me how you guys welcomed them and made them feel. Oh, we just, we walked them in, sat them down, immediately offered them any drink they wanted. It all was free, free drinks, free food. We brought in food from like a local little Italian restaurant that made all kinds of plates of pizza, pasta, sandwiches, etc. Everyone picked what they wanted. It wasn't like, here's some slop. Here's your free food. It was like, you pick what you want, we bring it in for you. And we took care of it across the board. It just, it was a really fun time. I don't, I mean, it was crazy. And we, uh, we just really had people like, you know, we didn't want the word to spread too much. It's not something you want to advertise, but the right. word spread because of how killer the environment was. You know, there were other card games around. We just had like the dopest setup where you just wanted to be there. They were hounding us. They wanted us to open on days we weren't, we weren't doing it. Really? They're like, dude. I got, I, you know, Nick, I called, you know, eight, nine guys. We want to get the game today. And sometimes we have time to do it. Sometimes we wouldn't. But and it was good money. I mean, I'm just, rough, the rough math. 360 the, an hour, you said, the right? The rough math was, yeah, around 360 an hour, I think, is what we ended up equating. We went from about 7 p.m. to 3 a.m., so that's eight hours. Holy smokes. 7 p.m. to 3 a.m., eight hours. So me and my partner each split about 2800 bucks. So, yeah. What were you doing during the day besides 14, Being an entrepreneur. <laughs> but 1400 14, and I didn't give a shit about sleep. Back then, you don't need sleep. When you're in your early 20s, you don't need sleep. This is so true. it's just a little side thing we had fun with. Um, we did it a couple days a week, but we, um, you know, maybe twice a week, I think we did it. But anyways, 1400 we'd split in a night. Moonlighting. Just having fun. But it was money. just fun. We were BSing like it was all cool people. So it was just more of like a, it was like a social fun time that way too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like one of those old social, old school like kind a, of social joints. Right. Yeah, exactly. You could BS out in the other area and talk and, you know, so it was just a, like a, almost like a social club focused around the card game. It kind of reminds me of something like a speakeasy. Are you familiar with the speakeasies? Yeah, yeah like, a, like an underground. Underground. Back in the day when Prohibition was in place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was cool. It was kind of, it just had a, it just had a vibe where you definitely just wanted to like be there. And if you busted out and lost all your money, you still wanted to hang out. That's how it was. 
you lose a thousand bucks and you have no more cash to pull out, you still want to stay and hang out and watch and hang with people and that's the kind of joint it was. And we had a lot. We had to weed out some schmucks. A couple people were cheating, bringing in chips. Here, you know, Seriously. talk about adapting and evolving. Rough draft moves, this right? Reminds me of a story of Seriously. what I got. So rough draft moves, you know, adapting. All these things that come into play entrepreneurially. You know what I'm saying? This was just yeah. another play I made in life, and it relates to what whoever's listening is doing. So we had these chips, which were pretty rare. You know, um, they weren't that com- They weren't just like common chips, but they were some rare chips. And some prick found out where we got them. So were they local? Were you getting them locally or? No, I, we ordered them from some company. Gotcha. And they were like nice. They weren't like cheap ass chips. And some prick uh, found out where we got them. Yeah. And brought them in the game. And all of a sudden we counted down one night after we cashed everybody out and there was, it was short. And I'm like, okay, someone's bringing it in. We, we kind of knew who it was. And um, number one, we didn't let them back. But number two, that made us quickly adapt and evolve. We ordered custom chips, like custom, custom chips. And I think the company I remember we, we were dealing with had some kind of like guarantee to work because we explained our problem and they're like, yeah, it's not going to happen anymore. Like the way we make these and the way we, you know, go from there, it's all custom. So one of the lessons here, as we see with these custom chips and, you know, not everything's always going to go perfect. And guess what? The road bumps, the glitches, the problems, like a guy bringing in chips. And this is this all the reason I'm telling you this story is not for fun to dick around here. This, the reason I'm telling you is because there's entrepreneurial elements that you can extract out of here. Like <clears throat> a big problem. We lost money. I'm glad it happened because it confirmed we needed custom chips to weed out possibly a bigger loss next time. Okay? That's evolution. You guys know my two main thesis points of my life for succeeding from scratch among many, but two big ones are rough draft moves, which we did with the chip example and evolution. You adapt and evolve quickly. Oh shit. We lost, you know, 300 bucks or whatever it is. Boom. Order chips, order custom chips, problem solved, weed it out, cut it out. Problems grow like cancer. Be there. When they're small, they spread like fire. Put it out while it's small. However you want to call it, it's unbelievably true. The people who say, ah, you know what? We'll work on this soon, you know, down the line. No. That's how you get fucked and you die. Yeah, we got to do that. I know we have to adapt and evolve, but we've been doing it this way for so long and we have such a system in place. Let's leave it for a while because they think the pain of evolving and adapting is painful. Well, I got news for you. The economy, the environment around you has no feelings for you, okay? So if you think the pain of evolving and adapting for whatever's coming your way is painful, the pain of having the economy completely eliminate you from the equation, that's a much bigger problem. Okay. The pain of not evolving is much more severe problem is most people don't know until it's too late when you see change coming embrace it make rough draft moves into that uncharted space into that changing territory and then you quickly bob weave get dinged a few times and then you figure it out and then you have real world data to analyze so okay. let, me, let me reel you back in from from your okay. soapbox <clears throat> yeah so what what do you think back then in your 20s when you put put together this uh this little side hustle. If you were to do it now, Nick, 
okay, well, how would you do it different? Even though now we, well, first of all, we I have a family have... and everything, and it, technically, it's it's a, it's not a major crime, but it's it's not necessarily legit to run a card game. Clearly, but, but... okay, let's take away all of those personal barriers, and let's just say they weren't in play. All right, what would be your thinking? Because now you have competition with casinos that are built in. It, it's actually my thinking is the casino ended up busting up the game. Okay. Right. Um, and that was the biggest issue. Everyone went to the casinos. They, all the ca- local casinos had the game now. So it's today I, it wouldn't be done. I'd have to assess the environment and be like, what is my draw going to be to keep people out of the casino? And I probably could if I put enough time, effort, and energy into it. But you'd have to make sure they felt super badass and you offered things over and above a comfy casino spot. Right, like a speakeasy underground. Right, right. So there's a way to do it. But the point is I just wanted to highlight all the lessons that you can extract out of a funny story like that, a casino card, you know, uh, a card game operation. Um, Because there was a lot, you know, there was moving parts that are synonymous to many entrepreneurial enterprises. You know, we had a lot going on. We had employees. We had, you know, I had a partner, which I'm not a partner guy at all. You know, I'm just a partner guy. I'm a control freak. I mean, I know that, but yeah, yeah. I just, me partnering up with people, it's just not really my thing. If the right thing crossed my path, you know, who knows? Every situation is different. I'm never going to say never. By the way, as an entrepreneur, don't ever say never. You would never open your mind to this or that because you don't know. Okay. I'm just saying in general, I'm a, I'm a freight train. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a control freak. I just want to boom. I want to move quick. I don't want to check on other people's opinions before I make my moves. If I get whacked in the face, it's my fault. If I scored, it's my fault. That's just how I am. Not, it's not right for all people, as you guys clearly know, and I talk about in my book. Um, <clears throat> everybody's different. Some people are killer partners. I know a guy who owns like you know a thousand units in my city, and he has a partner, and he's really killer at some shit, and his partner's really killer at other shit. And neither of them feel like doing the work that the other guy is doing. So it's a perfect complementary scenario. You know what I mean? I feel that. Yep. Um, you, know, you know, so partnerships can be killer. I'm just not the greatest partner material. And that's me being aware of who I am, which is a very important factor in all this. Who are you? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Assess that properly. Don't be a wannabe. If you're not good at shit, stick with what you're good at. Because you're going to waste a lot of time. Life is short. We have 80, 90 years. Or whatever it is. 100. I don't care if it's 100. That's still a blink. And for you to be fucking around on shit that doesn't matter when you could be fucking on cool shit, fucking around on cool shit that you're good at and that makes you feel good, donezo. And then here's what I was, here's what I was thinking about. <clears throat> just Tell me. Overall, the whole story you just shared, okay? Yeah. So you loved the card game, right? But you knew it had its expiration date once you had the competition so you had to evolve adapt yeah. so sometimes we can't always do what we love even though you, you well, enjoyed well it, right? i probably could have kept it going based on you know making sure my my shit was better than the casino but i didn't feel like doing that anymore part of the problem you know again it's, it was kind of an under the radar not so good of a thing to do in the first place right so it, it, it's Illegal. not it's different than a, a legitimate enterprise where you evolve and you you know there's ways i could have won i could have beat the casino and had people come my way instead of there. I just didn't want to. I was like, you know, it was fun. Casino opened. We're not really supposed to be doing this anyway. It was fun while it lasted. Kaput. I didn't have the ambition to continually do that. It just didn't make any sense. That real estate was booming for me. And I'm just like, eh. It was, we had a blast. We made extra screw around money having a blast. You know what I mean? And that was that. 
Nice. And that's, that just ran its course. So to be clear, like you can adapt and evolve out of anything. I'm of course, if I really had my heart and soul into that, we would have made some, something work. It just, it wasn't, I wasn't into it. Yeah. You know, I knew what my dream was and it was to be an entrepreneur, real estate entrepreneur and uh, to pursue that path that was, that I was going down and I'm not going to let it get, I'm not going to put a bunch of effort into something that wasn't really <laughs> that legitimate in the first place. Yeah. Like your 20 year old eyeballs. <laughs> It looked super sexy. It was fun, dude. And then it just ran. And it was just like, eh, you know. What's next? Yeah. Um, but there were, like we just highlighted, I mean, there were many lessons within that little realm of time that was fun. I mean, and, and, and lessons you can extract out of it, you know. And it, I learned from everything. Like, I'm glad that situation came through my life because I learned X, Y, and Z, um, which I highlighted a lot of things. So, First of all, when you go through things in life, crazy things, bad things, weird things, terrible things, they're there to sculpt you into your future wisdom, you know, how, whatever that is. So yeah, that's the card game story. Maybe we should wrap up here. I think we're good right now. Hope you guys extracted some rough value. You know, let me know, you know, uh, leave a rating and review and email us. You can email me direct, nick at alphahomeflipping.com. I read emails. Yes, I do. And let me know what else you want to hear about. We're, we're just talking. We're, we're, you know, we're talking. We're talking entrepreneurship, money, success, salesmanship, whatever it is. How do you become successful from scratch? Well, it's a component. It's many components, and we can discuss them all. Each show has a little riff to it. As you see, we're a laid-back, mellow show. Um, <clears throat> we've introduced a couple quick bullet points. You know, we have a whiteboard in front of us where it's like, bing, bing, bing. Let's talk about these kind of key things. But... Um, you know, it's not your classic business interview show with the exact questions and all that. If you want that perfect structure, I know I can't help you here. Um, I do have other content in other places. Okay. <clears throat> Instagram, a lot of cool shit going on there at Alpha Home Flipping. Um, and it's a lot more than home flipping, by the way. It's entrepreneur. I mean, right, Vidal? We talk about success, mindset, everything over there. Same with Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Alpha Home Flipping. I go live there. We talk about whatever. I take questions. Um, YouTube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur. Uh, between YouTube and Facebook, I post the reality show in the life. Some of you know about it. Some of you don't. I record and document some of my personal deals and how I do business on recording. You can watch it happen. A real reality show. Um, I do ask that you share content when you see it. These, this is all free stuff. I'm telling you guys. I'm, everything I'm telling you about right now is free. My book, Success from Scratch, published book, is coming out soon. A lot going on. <clears throat> to keep the value coming to you and uh most of it's free okay so where was i going with that but either way talk to us we're two-way conversationalists meaning when i'm on social i listen it's not just i don't blast i listen to what you say uh and i really want to hear from you so let me know how you like the show but please leave a rating and review in itunes if uh if you if you like any part of the show, I would greatly appreciate it. But again, just going back to if you want a perfectly structured show, um, cool, that's you. It's just this probably won't be for you. We riff on general success and entrepreneurship topics here in a very laid back conversational way. But again, my other content might be a little more structured. This is probably the most laid back um, type of content I put out there. Otherwise, we're but just- everywhere you go, Vidal, when I'm on video or when I'm on podcast or I'm anywhere on content. Who's on that camera? Who's on that? Who's on the mic? Who's on it? You. But I'm saying, you. Am I different in real no, life no, 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 <laughs> compared you, to you? Keep seriously. Real. We're talking about this. Real as can be. Real deal, Holyfield. No doubt about that. Every, 
the way you the way you hear Nick right now talking, that's how he is with everybody. If we were hanging out at the bar, you know, we I'm you're you're gonna get the same me as you would see me on camera and everywhere else. Okay, period. I'm not put. I don't put on shows. I don't play games. Life is too short to bullshit, guys. And think about that for your own life. You can't be scared to say no, yes, or I don't like that, or let me come on. You know, sometimes Vidal brings brings shit up. I'm like, I hate that. And it, that's right, but I what am I going to do? Am I going to say, ooh, you know what? That's pretty good. <laughs> but, 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 but. Fuck all that. It's wasting his time and mine. And Vidal, that, I hate what you just did. Let's scratch that and start over. Right. That's valid. We edit that part out, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that gets shot down. It's just because life is too short to sugarcoat and bullshit people. Be straight up. Seriously. Okay? Um, again, real fast, alphahomeflipping.com. If you're serious and committed to change your financial life and become financially free from scratch with no money and no credit... Real estate's a beautiful business. Alphahomeflipping.com. I have a free bundle for you. You can go over there and check it out. Uh, all I need is your email address. But get serious about your life. Like seriously, if I had to, like, get serious. I was on. A, I was interviewed on a big podcast yesterday, and uh, you know they're like, what, what, "What? If you someone put a gun to your head, basically, and said, what would be one thing you you could tell people right now to make them move forward to financial freedom?'" Um, make rough draft moves, but you got to be committed. People who are just quote unquote interested. Like I get people all the time, Nick. I'm interested in making some more money. You know what my response to him was? If you're quote-unquote interested, and I put quotes around it, don't bother because you 100% will, will in all caps, fail. It was a comment I responded to on Facebook. You will fail. People who are interested in things always fucking lose. That's a fact. That is a damn, that's not my opinion. That's a fact. I've been doing this long enough for myself and seeing other people around me succeed and not succeed. And being interested is bullshit. Being interested is worthless. Being interested in things doesn't matter. So I was like, bro, unless you're 100% committed to saying enough is enough, I'm sick of fucking punching a clock, I'm ready to change my life, don't bother even pursuing anything. Because there's no material, there's no course, there's no book, there's nothing in the fucking world that's going to create success for you. You create success for you. Now the courses and the books put you on the right track so as long as your commitment is the fuel the info takes you down the pathway to success okay fucking period we better bounce homie yeah leave a rating and review we'll talk (laughs) soon peace Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Success From Scratch show. Um, I need you to do something very important. Rate, review, and subscribe. You have to actually hit the subscribe button so you'll automatically get these episodes fed to you wherever you're listening it to. Very, very important to me. It is the literal fuel that keeps this show going and improving, etc. And I thank every one of you for doing that. I really do. It takes 30 seconds of your life. means the world to me. And on top of that, uh, make sure you follow me on my social channels, okay? Because I really engage and respond to almost everyone. I'm like known for it, okay? Uh, Snapchat, at Real Nick Ruiz. YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Nick Ruiz Entrepreneur. Facebook.com forward slash Alpha Home Flipping. And Instagram, at Alpha Home Flipping. Those are my hubs where I talk business, entrepreneurship, real estate, etc. all the time. And... Also, head over to successfromscratch.net. You can download some free goodies there, and I will see you on the next episode.